Four years ago, a group of IT, IT security and thought leaders from the government, including members of Congress and the private sector and the military, began working on a report to make recommendations to the winner of the 2008 presidential election, known as the Commission on Cybersecurity for the 44th Presidency. The group's highly touted recommendations became the focus point for President Obama's cybersecurity agenda, as well as legislation introduced in Congress. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfo Security and Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking again with one of the co-chairs of that commission, retired Air Force General Harry Redigy, who's also chairman of Deloitte Center for Cyber Innovation. Welcome back, General. Thanks, Eric. It's good to be with you. We're talking shortly after the Senate voted not to bring up the Cybersecurity Act of 2012. What are your thoughts on that? I was disappointed, frankly, Eric, in the fact that uh, we've been uh, talking in the uh, U.S. Congress, both, both in the House and the U.S. Senate, for so many years, and we, we have just not been able to come to the point where we've reached agreement on a way ahead for a uh, cybersecurity uh, a bill and legislation. The Republicans who mostly oppose the uh, the bill, the Cybersecurity Act, they have they have their own legislation, which is called Secure IT. One of the main differences is it really doesn't deal with IT security standards as the Cybersecurity Act does. Is Secure IT still a good bill, or is that something that, that they could work on? Well, of course, this was the alternative uh, uh, bill that was uh, presented by Senator McCain and to uh, also address the need for information sharing. And I think all of the uh, bills that uh, have been uh, proposed in uh, not only the Senate, uh, but also the the House of Representatives have included provisions and a recognition that uh, information sharing is certainly needed uh, for uh, both our private and our public partnership in moving ahead in the area of cybersecurity. You've dealt with Congress for many years. Do you think some kind of cybersecurity legislation can be enacted this year, or do you think it's dead now? I think what we found uh, today with the vote that was taken um, in the Senate on the cloture vote, where 60 votes were needed to uh, end the the debate uh, on the bill, and the fact that that bill the cloture vote did not reach uh, 60 required votes. Uh, it fell short by eight. The fact that uh, we now are going to have to uh, recess with the August uh, recess of our Congress, and hopefully uh, in September when they reconvene, there will be new discussion on uh, cybersecurity uh, bill legislation. One of the tough things about doing anything this year is we have an election coming up, which obviously was going to take a lot of attention away from the debate. Although I believe I've heard in the debate members of both sides saying they still want to talk. I'm under the agreement, too, that both sides do want to continue the discussions on this needed legislation. As a matter of fact, when you meet individually with members of the House and the Senate, they all see the big need and the, and the, the important need for a comprehensive cybersecurity. It's something that we all recognize needs to be done, encouraged by the fact that there was so much discussion that was happening in the Congress uh, at this uh, at this time with the fact that uh, this is needed for our national security. There are other aspects of the bill, too, including uh, updating FISMA, the Federal Information Security Management Act. How important is that aspect of the bill, and is it really needed? For a long time now, there's been discussion about updating the FISMA Act to make it more operationally focused, where uh, it becomes more meaningful in the dynamics of today's information security and cybersecurity world. Although you express, I would say, some cautious optimism that maybe that, that a cybersecurity bill could be enacted this year, assuming that it's not, 
what can be done to strengthen the IT infrastructure to defend against it, but to get people to share information, or do you really feel that a law needs to be passed to do that? Eric, I think that we still owe it to ourselves to make the population aware of the critical nature of cybersecurity in our daily lives on providing the, the critical infrastructures and those critical services and capabilities that we're so dependent upon. But I think we also owe it to ourselves to, uh, for education and, and training in the area of training cyber individuals cyber warriors, as we call them in the military, to be able to provide these kind of services, not only in the government, but also in industry where so much of this critical infrastructure is so dependent on having the people protect and defend these information networks that carry and control our critical infrastructure that are so vital to the United States. Also, there have been events this past week besides what we just saw in Congress that could have implications with cybersecurity, and that's the blackout that occurred in India, where I believe at least uh, 600 million people went without power for a good part of a day. A lot of people say that could be an indication of what could happen if there's an infrastructure failure in the United States with our power grid caused by a cyber attack. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think we uh, are wise to take a look at the fact that a power outage of of that magnitude in another nation can have a drastic effect on not only that nation, but on others that are tied to it for commerce and for reasons of perhaps even national security. This power outage in India is the largest uh, power outage in the history of our world, where the the entire federal electricity grid uh, collapsed. And I think the most important thing to remember here is that Not only is this an isolated occurrence that affected India alone, but it also affected other nations of the world. We are in an age of interdependence now, and so others that are conducting normal economic and financial transactions with India on a a normal daily basis would be affected if their power grid was disrupted. And in fact, with the outages that they experienced in India, that meant we were in the United States also cut off from India and the many uh, outsourcing activities and and services that uh, India provides for us. So I think it's more far-reaching than just the fact that India had 670 million of their own uh, residents uh, and population affected by this. It also had uh, implications and impact on the rest of the world. How prepared are American companies or other or governments and or other entities around the world to deal with the problem you just described that occurred in India and and keeping their systems operating and communicating? I think one of the biggest uh, revelations that we've had most recently on how prepared is America is the fact that the uh, director of our national security agency and commander of U.S. Cyber Command, General Keith Alexander, announced that America isn't ready for a serious cyber attack. And the fact that 85% of our critical infrastructure is operated and maintained by the private sector means and makes that a very important statement. Also, the fact that we're moving more toward uh, the mobile technologies now and the fact that cyber attacks are are growing uh, at a large rate, approaching 45% of an increase in cyber attacks over last year, I think makes it a a very important area that we need to be stressing and, and addressing. In fact, cyber terrorists now and others we know are making attempts now to map our critical infrastructure, and that is of great concern also to us uh, in the United States.
Despite these, what many would consider scary details, as General Alexander has outlined and others in the administration, they had a very orchestrated campaign to bring that to attention. Congress still failed to enact cybersecurity legislation. And I have to believe that part of that is because it just hasn't resonated with the general public yet. You know, they're not demanding their uh, lawmakers to enact anything. Why do you think it's not? Because there's, there's been quite a bit of reporting on this. Well, I think it's because our critical infrastructures in the United States just continue to operate on a very reliable basis. Every day we have the power that we need, and the, uh, the hospital care that we need, our financial systems and services, our telecommunications are up and running. And so uh, a lot of times it's hard to get the attention of the American people unless you have almost a catastrophic failure affects many, many lives at the same time. And I think that's why the blackout in India has caught our attention in certain circles. For those who are responsible for providing reliable services, the fact that we could extrapolate the fact that perhaps the power management was the problem with India power, that same kind of debilitating effect could be caused by power manipulation, by some sort of terrorist activity or attackers of of a nation or of a critical infrastructure. Thank you, General. Thanks, Eric. I've been speaking with the chairman of Deloitte Center for Cyber Innovation, Harry Radeke, for Information Security Media Group and GovInfo Security. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.